Hello, everyone. You're listening to the Think Again Worship Podcast. Well, my name is Tom Dykstra, and I'm inviting you to rethink the ways you plan and lead worship. And it's because I believe that your leadership has the power to help your people experience worship that is truly life-changing, worship that reorients their lives to the hope of the gospel. Hi, everyone. As you heard in the intro, my name's Tom, and I've been leading or planning or playing in worship for nearly 20 years now. The last 12 years, I've been serving as a worship and youth pastor, and I'll tell you way more about my story in an episode very soon. Um, but speaking of the intro, what you just heard in that introduction is basically a summary of the why of this podcast. I'm really passionate about worship leaders and churches making the most of their time together, worshiping. And I believe that our leadership in worship has the power to reorient people's lives and not just generally toward God. But in this first episode, I want to invite you to believe this with me, that your leadership has the power and the potential to reorient people's lives to the hope of the gospel. Well, a few years back, I climbed Mount St. Helens with a few friends. And just like any mountain, basically from the peak and then down 360 degrees around the mountain are these um, ridges. Mount St. Helens is unique because it doesn't have a peak anymore. But when you descend from the summit, the, the trail follows one of these ridges. And in between each ridge is a valley. Well, as my friends and I were descending the mountain that afternoon, we also noticed the sun was kind of gradually going down and we're getting to that point where we just can't wait to be back to our vehicles. We're out of food, our bodies are tired and out of gas, and we were just done. Well, as we looked back and as we looked around ourselves, we noticed that the surroundings didn't look that familiar. And looking up the hill towards the summit, we realized something. That somewhere along the way, we had descended accidentally into the wrong valley on the west side of the ridge instead of the east. And we kind of, we, we were concerned, obviously, and we were kind of uh, wondering what to do, but we used our best judgment and took our best guess as to where we had to head. And we climbed up the ridge and eventually, thankfully, found the right trail. But we had lost our bearings out there on the mountain. Well, when we gather for worship, um, it's kind of like we come back to church, we come back to gather, and we look around and realize we've been heading in the wrong direction during the week. You know, it maybe started off small, off by just a little bit, but you really can end up in the wrong place, spiritually speaking. And our hearts have gone in a lot of directions. Our minds have been all over the place. We've heard hundreds, if not thousands of voices telling us who we've got to be, who we're supposed to become, and what we're supposed to be doing with our time. And so worship is a reorienting. It's a tuning in again to God's voice. And in worship, and when I say worship, I mean the whole service, the, the singing, the prayers, preaching, communion, everything. I believe that the most significant thing that can happen at our gatherings is that people are once again reoriented, that they get their bearings and they, they recalibrate their lives to the truth 
the hope, the freedom that we discover in the gospel. So how do you know if your leadership is helping people navigate in that direction? Well, a couple years ago, I came home from a worship conference with one main takeaway. And I think it was something someone explicitly said while we were there. They said, worship is forming your people. The question is this, how is it forming them? And that question was a bit startling for me. I, I, I hadn't considered that at least in a while. You know, and I, and I thought, what do I usually think of as, as good worship, as a good, successful worship service? And I usually think about things like, well, the band, we, we really hit the chorus at the same time, or the dynamics were great. People were totally kind of swept up in it and getting into it. Um, no one complained about sound issues. Um, the whole band was able to hear themselves. All the lighting was perfect and kind of created this great atmosphere. Um, or even I saw somebody, you know, physically, outwardly worshiping. And I, I realized that a lot of times I gauge the success of a worship service based on what I'll call vibes. And really, even more specific, like the vibes I feel as a leader. And I think that this is that this can be, the atmosphere and the vibes can be extremely valuable in worship leadership. And honestly, for some of our people, it's more important than others. You know, these are the people that um, if they had to choose between having fluorescent lights on during worship or having the wrong song lyrics on the projection screen, they'd probably choose the wrong lyrics. You know, when they talk about finding a church that really fits them, um, these people are mainly talking about um, the music. You know, are they feeling it? Can they jump right in? Is it an atmosphere that, that creates space for them to spend time with God? Well, that's great. There's, there's value in those things and in the vibes. You know, maybe some of you listening have a much greater appetite for what we can call intellectual worship. You know, your worship gets triggered. Your, your heartstrings get pulled by truths about God, truths from scripture and, and specific thoughts about who God is and what he's like. Well, let me try to use this navigational metaphor to unpack this a little bit. Uh, Think about worship as taking your congregation on a voyage to a particular place. So a voyage requires a ship, and I'm not claiming to be an expert in maritime vessels or anything of that nature, but I do know that pretty much every boat has at least a hull and a helm. So think for a minute about the hull of the boat as everything that impacts feeling in worship. So, so great music, the right instrumentation, uh, the, the use of lighting and visuals, all the vibey kind of stuff. The hull for a ship, because of how it's designed, keeps you afloat and it enables you to travel across the waves. Now, if the hull is the, the feeling, think of the helm as everything that engages the intellect. And I'm not just talking about cerebral understanding or, or truth for the sake of information, but thoughtful, clear understanding of what God is like, what he says about us, his promises, what he reveals about himself. And this can be in lyrics, it can be in prayers, in spoken transitions, scriptures, preaching, or even it can be instructions or, or directions about what's happening in worship. 
Now, the hull enables the voyage and is absolutely critical for the journey. You can't go without it. You can't get all the way there without the feeling. But the helm, the the steering wheel that causes the rudder to turn, that's what points us in the right direction. It's, It's what orients us. Now, I know the metaphor breaks down, but the point is this. You need both of them. Uh, Author Bob Coughlin uh, talks about um, this being a tension in worship. Both are good, but if you're on one end of the extreme or the other, you're missing out on something. And at my last church, we talked a lot about deep thinking and deep feeling. Full full disclosure, um, I think as a church family, we were more comfortable with the deep thinking side of things. But these two things, thinking and feeling, are not always in opposition of each other. They're not mutually exclusive. I think as worship leaders, we have lots of tools for affecting feeling, and we have lots of tools for affecting thinking. But I want to call us out just a little bit and say that I think that we have this tendency, especially uh, in, in modern worship and with the music style and with the technology that we have at our fingertips, I think we have a tendency to lean too much on the tools for creating feeling. Now, you got to believe me, this is not coming from someone um, who doesn't care about quality music or quality atmosphere or quality feeling. Like, I'm all about those things. Sometimes it seems that nothing can disrupt worship more than bad music. But my concern is is that if we commit most of our focus primarily to the vibes and, and the feeling in worship leading, and we don't leave time or creative energy for the thinking side of things, we can end up basically just kind of drifting who knows where through worship. And some of our people are with us and some are not, and we wouldn't know. So I was at a church recently, and I don't want to pick on anybody, but that's kind of what what was happening there. My issue with the leadership was just that the the worship leader gave no direction whatsoever. There was a very slight welcome at the beginning. But for the rest of the service, it felt like we were adrift in this 25-minute worship set and then moving through the rest of the service. Now, this is a challenge for me because I used to think a little bit more this way that as I would plan intentionally through the, through the service, as I would get ready, I knew where I wanted to go and I wanted it to feel implicit in everything we did. But what I began to realize is that people aren't always tracking. People don't pick up on all the subtle nuances that I notice when I'm planning songs. And I think that this is kind of, if I, if I pick up that, that uh, voyage metaphor just a little bit more, you know, we as worship leaders, we step on the boat and we lean over the edge to untie it and we give it a shove off the dock and pretty soon we're floating through worship. The hull is intact. It's not leaking. You know, we checked everything out. The, the music's great. The atmosphere's great. But we leave so much up to chance. And people don't necessarily know where we're going. And, and the danger is, is that as they show up to worship week after week, and if they're just floating along, you know, we begin to forget what it is we're doing there and why, why we even are there. I think as a worship leader, one of your primary, um, probably one of the primary ways to see yourself would be as a guide. And if you're a guide, do you know where you're going? Or, or the other question that I asked earlier, do you know how the 60 or 90 minutes you spend together on a Sunday, how that's forming people? 
So my challenge for you as a worship leader, and this is a challenge right back at me, think again about where you're going. Do put hard work into leading the music well, to getting rid of distractions, to thinking through what's going to help people or hinder people, but also develop some clear thinking about how you're going to help your people understand where it is you're going. I can't find exactly who said it at first, but there's this saying about preaching that goes like this, what is a mist in the pulpit is a fog in the pews. It's kind of an old-fashioned way of making the point that if a preacher on the pulpit is speaking and is slightly confused or uncertain about what he's saying, it's going to be even less clear in the audience. And the same goes for worship leading. If you're in a mist of atmosphere and vibes and you know, hoping that people are with you on stage, if it's, if it's a little bit unclear to you what you're doing, it's going to be completely difficult for people to grab on and go with you. Again, your leadership in worship has the power to reorient people's lives to the hope of the gospel. That makes our job both incredibly challenging, but also inspiring. So that's what, to some extent, uh, we're going to be unpacking in every single episode of the Think Again Worship podcast. Uh, There's going to be practical tips, advice. Um, I'm going to be interviewing worship leaders, uh, including some volunteer worship leaders and musicians. But through each topic, um, I want to be thinking again about our leadership and how we can help our church family experience that kind of life-changing worship. So thanks for being here to grow with me and uh, check out some more of the episodes. I hope you leave your time spent with this podcast challenge, and I hope you leave inspired. Well, thank you for listening to the Think Again Worship Podcast. As I share my perspectives and as we think about worship together, I would love to hear from you what's helpful and what's not. And if there's a question or a topic that you'd like me to dig into on the podcast, please send me an email and let me know, tomdykstra at gmail.com. I hope you found some value in this episode. If you did, share it with a friend or another worship leader, and I would love to have you tune in again next time. We'll see you then.